You are listening to the Doc Doc Goose podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 14 of the Doc Doc Goose podcast. We are the podcast that is never politically correct and always HIPAA compliant. My name is Sean Palmer. I'm one of your docs. This is Ben Imes. He's the other doc. Still a physician and still interested in the pelvic floor. <laughs> Did I, I rush so that There's <laughs> so many ways I could go with that. that I'll leave that right there. All right. <laughs> and our goose, Pat Imes. Hey. And I believe he's two in pelvic floors. Um, I'm not too well versed on goose anatomy, but I'm just going to guess. I'm going to take a gander. <laughs> Ooh, that was not right. Uh, on this episode, we talked to Dr. Taryn Kilty, who is a physical therapist that specializes in the pelvic floor. And uh, she taught us all about incontinence and other issues related to that specialty. Uh, so we look forward to sharing all of her knowledge later on in this episode. Ben, I think before we mess anything up at this point, we haven't quite done that. You should probably do a disclaimer. Yeah, um, just because you're listening to this podcast, hey, way to make a good decision today. Um, doesn't mean that we have established a patient-physician relationship with you, a PT-patient relationship with you, or an architect, future person who's living in a building or working in a building that an architect has designed relationship. Um, also, we, we really are just trying to, trying to provide a little education and a little entertainment. Um, and then finally, the views expressed on this podcast do not necessarily represent those of our employer. Uh, that includes Stewart Health, whatever place Sean works for, and another look. Uh, I'm pretty sure they, they do apply to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, as the sole owner and proprietor of another yeah. look yeah. architecture. Um, yeah, that's probably true. Uh, but uh, anything you hear on this podcast does not necessarily reflect those views of any of our employers, and uh, they are, may or may not disagree with those. And uh, if they want to in the future, they may choose to sponsor us, and that still does not mean that they endorse our views. Disclaimer over. Thank you. Groove Life, the ring for you. Uh, get your own Groove Life uh, ring because it feels like you aren't wearing anything. Um, I love my Groove Life ring. Uh, it's got these little grooves in it so that like dirt doesn't get trapped in it, and it uh, like my fingers get sweaty when I'm working out, and the sweat doesn't like build up under there and turn my my finger all like wrinkly and nasty. You guys know what I'm talking about. And uh, it it doesn't hurt when you're playing uh, basketball or when you're lifting weights. It's a pretty pretty awesome thing. As healthcare professionals, I should also say that um, in the all the times that we wash our hands during the day and that moisture gets trapped under uh, normal silicone rings, this ring, not so much. So by the end of the day, it doesn't look like you've been in a bath all day under your ring. Exactly. Exactly. I love it. I wear it all day when I'm at, at the clinic. It's important to mention that for healthcare professionals because A, we want people to know we are washing our hands and B... If you are a healthcare professional listening to this, you should get one. We are speaking to you. 
whether you are a nurse, a physician, a physical therapist, a phlebotomist, a proctologist, I don't care what you are. If you, ooh. especially if you're a proctologist, it's probably safer for both you and the patient, mm. really. Yeah, that so way, if you it. lose it, it doesn't hurt <laughs> the patient or, or your pocketbook, because really, <laughs> groove life rings are very cost effective. I like that. They are not cheap. They don't feel cheap, right? No. This feels like a nice, effective. solid ring, even though it's squishy. You know what's even more cost-effective is using our coupon code. It's D-D-G-P-O-D for 20% off your order. Again, at checkout, use code D-D-G-P-O-D. Also, another affiliate of ours that you are, you if you are an astute follower, you may have seen this. Otherwise, you maybe didn't. So we're going to tell you now. A new affiliate of the show is Rad. So Rad is R-A-D. You can go to radroller.com to check out their products of self myofascial release tools. Uh, they have everything from foam rollers to trigger point balls, all that you can handle. They also have an app where you can learn how to use all these tools. It's innovative. It's fantastic. You can get that on the app store. You're soon going to see on our blog that monthly we're going to have a series where we write about common injuries and uh, pain complaints and how their tools can help you with those along with handy links back to their products. You can use coupon code DDG for 20% off your order. Done. Um, also, while we're on the topic of our blog, this is the longest advertisement for anything ever, but you will see that we are starting to have our medical guest bloggers, which our guest today on the show, Dr. Taryn Kilty is also one of our first guest bloggers. Uh, you can see her latest blog at ddgpodcast.com and head over to our blog section to see her blog about whether your spine is actually misaligned or not. It's a great read. It's not. Rude. No, no, it's a great read. Your spine is not misaligned. <laughs> wow. I Whoa, was not... Was not uh, <laughs> was not paying attention to what I just said. I am so sorry. It is a phenomenal read. Your spine. I'm going to spoiler alert that. <laughs> <laughs> so if any of you are wondering if your spine is really out of alignment and you need to go see a chiropractor, this will give you the answer to that. On that note, today we talked to Dr. Taryn Kilty. She is a physical therapist an orthopedic specialist. She lives in Wyoming and has her own practice up there. You can see her website at www.tarenkilty.com. That's T-A-R-Y-N-K-I-L-T-Y.com, where she has her own blog. She also sells an ebook on uh, recovery postpartum, as her passion is really helping uh, mothers after giving birth and getting back to normal again. You can also set up to have a consultation with her about any issues that you could have going on. So without further ado, here's our conversation with Dr. Taryn Kilty. Um, Maddie, do you know what we're talking about today? Uh, no idea. You're, you're so, in for a treat. Uh, always, <laughs> always. This is normal for me. Yeah. It's clueless. Absolutely. Uh, this is going to be great. 
And that's why we have the goose's role too, of not not knowing what we're talking about. So asking questions that you know normal people might uh, might ask, because all the rest of us are abnormal, apparently. Yes. I thought it was so funny uh, when I was looking in. I was like dog dog goose like what is the goose about and then i saw the bio i was like i was like oh he's an actual person now we totally get it wait wait sean why did we never think of having an actual goose on the show <laughs> we're working on it working that would on. be amazing the goose union is holding out for higher terms we uh, uh, haven't yeah, put that together yet geese are too expensive you have to <laughs> keep me they're mean so i'm gonna kind of start from almost bring you guys in kind of my beginning with pelvic floor and, and uh, gender health is, you know, in PT school, we all go through it. We all learn it. Um, some decide to go specialize in it later. It seems like, so I've been out of school for nine years. So for years, it became really hard to find a gender health PT. And if you found them, uh, and especially a good one, it's all cash based. Like, so it just became really hard to get in with with good ones and find them around even for a city like this a phoenix what were the fifth fourth or fifth largest city in the in the us now it became really hard to find it still is to some extent over the last let's say even year it seems like it has increased so much more though to where people are talking about this type of issue um even marketing in the last two weeks i've had two physicians that the first thing they asked me was if we have pelvic floor specialist Really? And that kind of blew me away that that's just in the last two weeks. First question, do you have vestibular and do you have pelvic pelvic floor specialist? Like, wow, wow. people are finding out about this. This is great. Yeah. Um, so that's what, what Taryn does. She's a pelvic floor specialist. Taryn, can you just tell us a little, a little bit about yourself and, and, um, and how you got into this? Yeah, for sure. So, um, I, when I first started, I've been in practice now for nine years. Um, I my I was not hoping and dreaming of becoming a, a pelvic floor PT. Um, I went to school at Marymount University in Arlington, Virginia, and uh, we had one day where a pelvic floor PT came in, and I just remember thinking, sitting in the back of the room, which is odd because I usually always sit in the front. Um, but that day, I just. I was thinking, gosh, why would anybody want to be a pelvic floor PT? Um, <laughs> and the one thing I remember that I took away from that talk was if you're lying in bed in the morning and you have to pee, just do 10 kegels and it will override your urge <laughs> to pee. <laughs> nice. nice. I know. That's literally all I took away from it. Um, so that's all I'm, Matt's going to take away from this interview. I know. Too, so. <laughs> I was just thinking, Try it. That's, that's good to know. So. <laughs> Yeah, so um, so I really uh, went the orthopedics route for um, oh probably seven years. I uh, received my OCS with which is the orthopedic certified specialist um, boards exam through the APTA, um, and it wasn't until I had my kids. And I feel like usually um, what happens is people go on a journey. Uh, and then they end up finding what they're really passionate about. Um, and so, yes, yeah, so I had um, my two kids and I thought that I could just put myself back together again, um, being a PT. And um, I started training for a half marathon when I was cleared at six weeks by my doctor and things were definitely different. Um, and so I, you know, I was really frustrated. I started uh, along with other 
lovely symptoms like urinary incontinence and, um, you know, a diastasis recti um, in my abdominal wall. Um, I started developing chronic knee pain when I was training for this half marathon. Um, and I was doing tons of, you know, clamshells and hip strengthening and, and all of these um, things that I, you know, was taught um, to do for, for weakness and nothing seemed to be helping. Um, so I, my, on my 30th birthday, after I had my second child, I asked what any normal woman would ask for, and that was um, continuing education in uh, the pelvic floor realm. So that's kind of how... <laughs> so, um, so you asked to go back to school for your, for your birthday present. <laughs> totally. Yeah. My husband's nice. like, really? Like, this is pretty easy. Just give you yeah. some money and... <laughs> Yeah, so but I don't know about that. Going, yeah. yeah, taking the kids for the weekend maybe wasn't the funnest thing at the time. But <laughs> um, so yeah, so that's how I really um, and I still probably call myself more. I mean, and I think that that's really the the cool part is is the pelvic floor. We think of it as this completely separate. Um, I don't, this realm of, of PT or care, but really it's a muscle. Yeah. <laughs> and so, so go ahead. So I think, I think that's a good place for us to start is really tell us a little bit more about the pelvic floor, because uh, if you're like me and probably the other two yahoos on here, we don't know what the pelvic floor is. Let's be real. Well, gentlemen, <laughs> but you too. <laughs> yeah. So um, it consists of three layers, um, but the one, the third layer, the deepest layer is really what people think of when they think of the pelvic floor. And it is basically sits on the bottom um, of the pelvis uh, like a hammock, and it keeps the pelvic organs from falling out, essentially, um, as well as it aids in um control for urine and bowel, as well as uh, sexual function, um, to name a few. Yeah. So, um, so Taryn, do, do both men and women have pelvic floors? Yes. Okay. Yes, correct. Not all pelvic um, PTs treat men and women okay. um, or even children. So, so it can get a little bit um, gray when mm -hmm. you're trying to find a pelvic floor PT. But so yes, this is, this is something that affects everybody in all stages of life is what it sounds like. Yes, correct. Yep. Okay. There's a higher incidence, especially after after having a child. Exactly. Because you can if you can imagine the trauma that that yeah. pelvic floor goes through when birthing a child. Mm -hmm. And I think yeah. that it's also important to note that if you had a C-section, um, that doesn't mean that you won't help have pelvic floor issues um, because during the nine months you're carrying a child, all that pressure that's being placed down on the pelvic floor can also cause issues down the road. So, so Taryn, what are what are some of the reasons a um, a male would have symptoms in their pelvic floor versus like women and childbirth? When would males start having uh, the need to see a pelvic? floor therapist. Matt's yeah. looking to get a free consult right now. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just curious. So, so if some males have like fecal incontinence, that would be okay. one reason. Um, or there's also like erectile dysfunction. There's a, um, 
a lot that you can do with the pelvic floor, like trigger points. You can actually get trigger points like you would like in your upper trap, that big knot, you can actually get those um, in your pelvic floor. So those would be a couple uh, reasons of why uh, a male would go see a pelvic floor PT. And I, I should say that I am not a male pelvic floor PT. I'm, I really specialize in prenatal and, and uh, postnatal. How many male uh, pelvic floor specialists have you have you met? I still have not met any. Yeah, so I actually have a really um, great mentor that I started with, um, and she is a male. Uh, I would say there's <laughs> don't don't male, pause there. Uh, no, she, she's she's like, <laughs> so confused right now. I can but go right. really bad. Yeah. Um, so she's she's a male uh, pelvic floor PT. I would probably say not many, a handful. That I've that I've met do male and really I uh, I'm sorry Matt but I really don't think I'm gonna go that that route just because too with my husband like I just I don't know if oh, it might get a little yeah I yeah. haven't even actually asked him but I I guess even even hearing that there are females that treat male pelvic floor or males that treat female would be a surprise to me really yeah and actually um, when I went. Uh, to my first pelvic floor class, I I was actually surprised that there was yeah not there's no males in that room and there was fifty practitioners that day, so which is odd because if you think about um, like OBJYNs, very often you see a male in that field, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so That's true. I wonder, yeah, I wonder what, what that is, 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 is it maybe that women feel more comfortable talking to other women about it or that just the, the treatments themselves, are they more invasive, um, more invasive than being an OBGYN? I don't know if, if that's possible. Um, yeah. hmm. I wonder if to just, um, with pelvic floor PT, it's, I mean, it's not new, but it's becoming more well known that maybe that might be part of the reason what's going on okay yeah i don't know uh, i think we're just not mature enough to handle it <laughs> from one that's probably true okay sean did you uh did you have some sort of training or learning um on this when you're in school so, and Taryn can speak to, to, again, it sounds like her experiences was pretty close to mine. In, in grad school, you get kind of exposed to lots of different niches like this, that they don't really go into you know, specificity of how you treat these things, but you'll have like a full day or not full day, a full lecture of a couple hours of, of a specialist coming in saying, hey, here's, here's these issues that can come up more for those of us that are going to be more of a general, you know, general PTs, most of us are, you know, either inpatient or outpatient ortho, really, those are the biggest specialists or neuro. Um, if you more hear these things come up with people to know that there's a road to refer and there's, uh, if you have any PTs interested in those things, you can go do continuing education after. Okay. Um, so like pediatric is one thing that if you want to specialize in that, a lot of your learning is after, um, pelvic floor is the same thing. Wound care is another, uh, another example that you'll get exposed to. You'll get the basics of, uh, we debrided a ham hock for, for wound <laughs> we did an orange. Care. Yeah. Oh, nice. Um, so weird. And, and then you know, if you want to learn more about it later then you can either in 
starting clinicals or doing continuing uh, afterwards. So what are, what are some of the common uh, diagnoses that you see, Taryn? Yeah, so um, I would say probably the number one is stress incontinence. Um, so that basically is incontinence with exertion. So sneezing, jumping, running. Um, I do see some urge incontinence, uh, which is basically uh, you just lose your bladder um, without even knowing. Well, you obviously know it at the time, but you'll, there'll be a trigger mm -hmm. um, that happens. Like some women that I see, um, I just treated one gal and she was, whenever she would wash her hands, um, she would just lose her bladder. Um, really? and that, then, that was her trigger was washing her hands, washing her hands or the other one, which is so bizarre, um, was walking her dogs would be hmm. another one. And hmm. so, and she was actually a, she was postpartum, but she's a, a teacher. And so she was so fearful, um, to start back to work. Uh, and she was a kindergarten teacher, so she oh, couldn't yeah, be leaving yeah. the room all the time. Well, and you got to um, wash your hands a lot with those kindergartners. Yeah. Man, those things like are <laughs> little Petri dishes. <laughs> totally. Dude, that's um, dangerous. So that um, – and then diastasis recti is another big one, um, which is the separation of the um, the abdomen, so the linea alba. Um, or some women think that they have um, – a diastasis, but really they just have um, poor uh, core control. Um, so they have like doming or coning um, of their abdomen, but maybe not the separation on board. Um, so yes. Yeah, so the, the next thing that I see um, sometimes is prolapse, um, where basically uh, your pelvic organs are descending um, down into the, the vagina. Um, yeah, I would say that those are kind of the the big, and then pelvic pain, of course. That's that's another huge one that I see. Do you also work then with women who have uh, the medical term would be dyspareunia, but who also have like um, painful intercourse or interstitial cystitis or any number of reasons for? Yes. Yes. For that? Yes. Exactly. We yes a lot. Um, yeah. I treat it, a lot of women with that. Is, is there hope for them? Definitely. That you know what is so cool? And that's why it's really uh, rewarding is these women are suffering and they honestly come in and they have probably, they've seen several different healthcare providers and they have kind of lost hope. And they didn't even know that this was a thing, that they could go see um, someone that specializes in the pelvic floor. And it usually just in a few weeks, they have an incredible um, turnaround in their symptoms. Hmm. And so that's really what, yeah, really kind of drives me with seeing this population. Oh yeah, that's so, so cool. You get to change some lives. That's awesome. So with that, Taryn, who usually refers patients to you? Is it doctors? Is it just word of mouth from people telling people? Yeah, that's a that's a great question. So um, we have direct access in the state of Wyoming, so they don't necessarily need a doctor's referral. But I would say a good majority of my patients um, are referred by their um, by their doctor, either their general um, physician or their um, their gynecologist um, or OB, um, and then word of mouth too oh, okay. is the other big one. Yep. 
So I'm thinking through this, and I'm really curious um, if you pay attention to this. So outside of, of a referral from an OBGYN, if, if someone's being referred from either another PT or from, um, from a general practitioner, is it usually, is that provider usually a male or female? And I'll tell you why I asked that in a second. Um, I would say most of them have been females. Okay. And, and, and the I, I'm trying to think, I would actually say good majority of them are females, but it also is the demographic that right. I'm, that I'm in. Yeah. All right. Um, and the reason I asked is, is, is that if I have a female patient that's having those issues, there is such a, or, or if Ben has a female patient having those issues, there's a small percentage of those that are actually going to be feel comfortable enough to talk to me about it. Totally. Um, you know, I could think of a couple in several years that have said anything right. about it. Um, but, uh, so I, just, I was just curious how, if more people are, um, are speaking to a general, uh, practitioner about it or not. I think that's a good question, Sean. And I think it, it behooves us as the physician or the PT or the provider to, to make sure that we're asking our patients these hard questions, you know, and I think, um, it's one of the things that we've been, we've been teaching our residents lately at the program where I teach, um, is that patients really want to talk about these things with their physician. They want to talk about this with their healthcare provider. Um, and a lot of them don't know how to bring it up. And so if we can bring it up in a non-judgmental way, I think that can go a long way. And then knowing that there's help. And so then being able to help them with that next step and finding somebody like Taryn who can then say, yeah, actually I can give you a lot of help would be a good thing. Yeah. There's, a, there's, I um, actually found this really nice um, validated 10 question screening that I gave um, my local doctors that yes. they can just give to their, um, their patients. Um, and I think if they answer yes to, I can't remember the exact number, like uh, three out of, of the 10 or something, um, that's, you know, just uh, pointing towards pelvic floor dysfunction. Mm -hmm. So that's been a really useful tool because I know as doctors, I mean, you have a lot on your plate and you're looking at a lot of different things. Right. So. Well, that, that'd be fantastic if you could actually send that um, our way, Taryn, because. Yeah, for sure. Because we uh, um, could definitely start getting that in our community here. And then that way you can get some, some patients flying in from Arizona up to Wyoming. And <laughs> I think that'd be reasonable. Hey, I like, yeah. I like that. It looks like it might be a little colder there than it is here. Oh though. my gosh. That's, um, I was, I was just, uh, before you guys got on, we're remodeling an old building and that's why I look like a hobo right now. Cause I would just came from there and I it didn't want to say anything, freezing. but you kind of do. So. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I'm like, so <laughs> no, I'm so bundled up because it's so cold here and windy. My, my kids, my kids are dressed up in shorts right now and playing out on the front porch just uh, having a blast in the sunshine it's I yeah we're having Arizona. a we're having a cold day and it's 70 degrees right now oh it's my rough, goodness it's rough that in. stop <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um uh what's what's something that you think would be surprising uh to us that you treat where you'd be like guys i treat this and we would go whoa no way oh surprising i was already surprised by erectile dysfunction i didn't know that so I didn't go. either, actually. No, no, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, I... Uh, but you can't use that one. 
but and I don't even treat that, so that would be lying. So actually. there you go. No cheating either. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, that you would be surprised by. Or maybe it's less common, just that, that you see. Mm, I'm trying to think what something would be a, a wow factor. How about just a, maybe maybe for you, you're like, oh, I didn't expect something like this to come in my door today. Nothing. You're I'm prepared really, for everything. I, no, that's, that's <laughs> not true. I think, yeah, every day is different because it's it's very multi- factorial. Um, I would say anything related to the pain aspect of it, Um, because you can get, as you know, well, I don't know about you, Matt, but pain can get very very complicated and especially... um, (laughs) I love that everybody just assumes that Matt knows nothing. I I, I really don't know. I mean, probably 99% of the time, that's accurate. I don't know, Matt, I really actually, I thought, oh, he's an architect and we're doing this building. Maybe I should be speaking to Matt after the Uh, the show. There you go. I would say really the big one is the pelvic pain and then the history that you find out behind that pelvic pain a lot of the time um, can be rather uh, traumatic and and honestly just very sad. Yeah. Those are the so, ones that get me the most. So, Taryn, are any of the symptoms of uh, biological or not biological uh, g- gene related? As in, do they get carried down from family members and genealogy? Yeah. 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 So, genetics can play a role, especially in the connective tissue healing. So, um, so like diastasis, recti, um, prolapse. Um, if you and I always at, you know, encourage women, if I see them prior to having babies is to kind of gather a baseline of what, um, you know, what their abdomen's like, um, you know, what their pelvic floor strength is like, which I know freaks a lot of people out, but you can do, um, an assessment, a general assessment yourself, um, you know, internally and externally too, you can palpate the pelvic floor. You just won't get, um, as good of, uh, feedback. Um, so yeah, so th- I would say the connective tissue piece is, is very genetic. Okay. Can I just say that was a really insightful question. I'm I was Matt. shocked. I I've never heard you ask something quite that good before. Fourteen <laughs> episodes, if we get something like that. Well done, sir. <laughs> I'm learning. Wow. I'm learning. <laughs> wow. Um. What um so you kind of went down this this road right, Tarrant, with, with palpating and assessing pelvic floor even from the outside, um, so I, and I'm gonna admit I, I I don't remember what I have learned in this category, and that's why I'm asking, is the association and innervation between like pelvic floor and like transverse abdominis or multifidi, so these common lumbar stabilizing muscles. Um, there there are some common um, innervations, correct? Um, yes. And then of course, you know, the pudendal nerve, uh, the whole pelvic floor. Yes. But there is, so I think it's important to note that the core, when we talk about the core, and I'm going to put in quotes because that can 
mean some people hate that term (laughs) yes i know um but it's really made up of four muscles so the transverse abdominis that sits on the front and then you'll have the multifidus that sits on the back um and then you actually the diaphragm is part of that and then the pelvic floor it sits on the bottom so it's like this um this canister um is enclosed canister that really provides again quote unquote stability um And so the whole – so how it works is when you take an inhale, your pelvic floor and your diaphragm descend. And then the exhale, your pelvic – as your diaphragm recoils, your pelvic floor actually contracts along with that exhale. So a lot of times when um, women postpartum, they've had this baby in their stomachs that has shoved their diaphragm upwards and really has created this shallow breathing pattern, it's really retraining the whole system, which sounds a bit odd that you would have to teach them how to breathe again, but it's really just how to utilize, um, you know, their lower lungs and their um, getting that diaphragm to descend. Do, um, do you, uh, I'm sorry to interrupt. Do you, do you, no, in, you're good. Do you incorporate diaphragmatic breathing or like the, the Czechoslovakian theories with, um, with pelvic floor? Oh, totally. All the time. Yes. And so that's actually where I go to first Okay, um, is if somebody can't even feel their pelvic floor contract, I will have them um, do a, like I tell, a, tell them to pretend like they're blowing like the seeds off of a dandelion um, on that strong exhale. And that will really kind of sometimes just give them that connection to their pelvic floor. <laughs> Matt, Matt and I, I, I tell you, we're both over here trying to, trying to fill our, our pelvic floors right now. And uh, I feel like I'm more in touch with it now. So <laughs> good, good, good. Uh, what about you, Matt? No. Did that work? No, uh, <laughs> still have no idea. Out, trying, uh, trying the breathing exercises. I, so, I never even thought are... about diaphragmatic breathing with, with pelvic floor until you started saying that. that that's really yes. That is, yes, that is huge. Um, and then also there's women that have not weak pelvic floors, but actually um, hypertonic pelvic floors. So they're actually too tight. Mm. So then you have to use the diaphragmatic breathing and relaxation methods because you don't want them doing contractions or kegels because that's just making it worse. Hmm. So Taryn, one more question from me. <laughs> so, so there's a pelvic floor. <laughs> I'm ready, Matt. I am ready. Ben's laughing. Uh, there's a pelvic floor. Is there a pelvic ceiling? Um. So, if you think about that canister, uh, then we would consider like the diaphragm being oh, okay. like the, the ceiling. ceiling. Oh, yeah. Okay. Or I mean, but yes, like you're thinking like the abdominal cavity, too. He's like more of an architect, so he's thinking I'm about floor and ceiling. He's going to ask us about walls next like, and a front door yeah, and a back door. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> don't uh, don't tell us what the front door and the back door are because <laughs> the is vagina <laughs> is the door. Your glottis is the other door. The back, well, the back door would ah, got you. it. <laughs> now we're speaking my turn. <laughs> yeah. I love it. That was a great question, Matt. Great questions. <laughs> oh oh man. Goodness. That's great. Um 
<laughs> I'm actually shocked. Matt, Matt's on fire today. Nice work, Maddie. You came do, prepared. Do, we ha- do you have any other questions for her? Because I'm excited to see what else comes out. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> Are you married, Matt? Do you have children? I am married. Yeah. Well, but- there you go. You can go back and tell your wife all about this. <laughs> yes, I'll go well. <laughs> Does your wife listen to the podcast, Matt? No, no. <laughs> oh, okay, I think I, I don't even listen to. The <laughs> <laughs> All right, great, great. Okay, well, uh, sounds about right. Yeah. Okay. I you it. promised me like seven episodes ago you were going to try to listen to one. I did try. He yeah. tried. <laughs> you didn't. You didn't make him like promise how much he would try. Is the problem? Sure. We'll talk about that later. Yeah. Um. So, so from from what we've already hit, what what are things like Tan that you came prepared? Like this is, you know, what's on my mind that I want to talk about that that excites me or something that that you want to share that we just haven't haven't touched on about the specialty. Open any questions. Who? So really, um, something that I just feel extremely. I don't know, passionate and, you know, just that it needs to get out there um, is obviously, ideally, I would love to see everyone postpartum, right? At um, the ACOG is actually recommending that women be seen uh, for several visits as early as um, week three. Um, Yes, exactly. Um, But unfortunately, insurance kind of limits that care. Um, But I do feel, and that's actually why I started the online side of things, is maybe women can't afford to get in to see a pelvic floor PT or they live in a a rural area like I do. I'm the only pelvic floor PT in a 100-mile radius. Um, But being able to provide that information for women um, because – I know that sometimes we try as a pelvic floor PT to um, advocate that um, you have to see one, but you really can do an internal check yourself um, as well as internal release work. Um, I can't remember who said it, but they said uh, that the pelvic floor is orthopedics in a dark, warm place. Which is so – I know that's like – it sounds terrible, but it's so true. I mean, it basically is orthopedics. I'm so confused right now. <laughs> <laughs> no idea what, what's just said. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah. So, just if you thought about what an athletic injury rehab would look like if you, like, strained your quad or okay. even a rotator cuff tear, I mean, you would get weeks – months of rehab for that. I mean, it's not any different than the pelvic floor. And so, um, and also, you know, challenging the pelvic floor. We know that you have to challenge a muscle, what, 70% of a one rep max to actually see strength gains. Um, And so just like with the diastasis recti, like are you really, um, you know, just challenging that muscle to that point where you're um, laying down and building um, a stronger, you know, foundation for that fascia. I, 
I love what you said and what the, the new recommendations are of like every time after you have a kid, the three weeks postpartum, you should be with a pelvic floor PT. I, I just thought back immediately to like, like total hip patients. Um, you know, sometimes it becomes rare for the orthos to send to PT because really most of them will be okay. You know, several down the road. Okay, being you know, can they get up out of a chair? Can they do their normal stuff? Yes, yeah, sure. It depends what their level is. They're trying to get back to, but same thing. I tell, I tell those patients that that see me like before total hip. Like you should at least have a couple weeks with me, regardless. I don't care if it's the easiest thing. You have a super path procedure where <clears throat> you have no uh, limitations at all just to know you're headed the right direction, at least have some guidance in that. So I love that the same, the same idea for um, postpartum seeing a pelvic floor PT. I, I just, uh, I think that's the way that obviously it all needs to go just to make sure that you're healing properly. And I also feel like we need to be building stronger moms. So not stopping in the clinic with the clamshell, right? Like how functional is that? Like if a mom can only deadlift a 15 pound kettlebell, but she's carrying a baby carrier that weighs, you know, 30 pounds and then 50 bags of groceries in her other arm, like over time, her body is going to start breaking down. So just building that functional capacity up that that mother, um, that that mother has is really what I would love to see happen in mom's postpartum yeah so so taryn you you have a um a website that is yes. accessible from anywhere in the world yes yep it's um it's just www.terrenkilty.com um and there is there's i wrote a 56 page ebook for women postpartum just kind of helps take them through um just the musculoskeletal changes that happen after having um, a baby and then kind of what to expect and how to aid in, in fixing some of those things that you might, um, you might experience. That's so wow. reasonable. I got online this morning, I think it was $8, right? Yeah. Yeah. I just want to push the information out there, um, yeah. to women. It's such a great so, value, right? And so I'm going to, I'm going to spell your name here. It's just so we get that yeah. right. So T A R Y N. Yes. And then yep. K I L T Y. Is that correct? Yes, you got okay. it. Mm -hmm. All right. So, and we're going to link it ex extensively in our show notes and then, and then uh, the, the blogs that, that she's now, well, we're cherry picking. I'm not going to say she writes it for us, but we're cherry picking the blogs. We're cherry picking some of her blogs. They're so good. That's I great. love it. Yes. She's, she's written some great ones. Well, thank you. Anything else? Well, Any other questions? I think that's it for me. Matt, Taren. no more brilliant <laughs> questions, Matt. You guys are like, what did we get ourselves into What just today? happened here? Yeah. I love it. That, just had some knowledge dropped on us. That was, that was fantastic. Yeah, it was great. It Thank was you so much. Great info, Darren. And uh, wh where's the nearest airport so we can start sending our patients out to you? Yeah. Um, major is Denver. Two and a half hours. Well, no, it's probably. Really? Denver's the closest? Three. Yeah. Well, oh. so Scotts Bluff, Nebraska is uh, 30 minutes away from Torrington. Oh. So you can get a, a flight from Denver to. I'm sure Allegiant flies there. We can go down yeah, to Mason. Yeah, we've got. Allegiant goes to all <laughs> cow pastures anywhere in America. Sorry, Allegiant, if you're listening, um, please but sponsor us. if you'd us. like to sponsor us, <laughs> let us know. <laughs> good work, Dr. Palmer. Um, 
Uh, Taryn, any any final thoughts from you before we uh, we send you back to a normal life? No, I just I'm so thankful that you guys um, reached out to me. I'm, I'm very passionate about the the subject matter. Oh, we can tell, and it, it comes across as you talk. And thank you so much for for sharing some of your time with us today. It's been awesome. Yeah, such an expert in it. And again, uh, your knowledge in several areas are going to be making its way onto, onto our website here soon. So we can't wait to, to share that, uh, that information with, with all of our listeners too. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Now that was informative. Lots of things I didn't know. Matt, I think you learned something too. Wowza! <laughs> Golly, we. <laughs> what was that? Uh, I don't think we could have summed it up better if I tried. No, that was just too good. <laughs> too good. Um, yeah, Taryn was pretty fantastic. I am so excited she was able to come on. More than wow, wowza! Okay, wowza. No, Taryn was great. Um, I thought she was very informative and she answered all my questions, which you guys don't always do. So <laughs> let's have, have her back on. <laughs> all right. I, I don't know where to go from there. <laughs> that sounds about right. <laughs> all right. Well, next episode will be about health articles because it's an odd episode again so get ready for that one we don't even know what's coming on that one it'll be a surprise to all of us all we do know is we might have a good time with that i'm sean palmer i am dr benjamin imes and i am wishing you a healthy back yeah me too <laughs> i'm Adam, wish you a healthy back too <laughs> And, you know, just in keeping with this episode, we all wish you a happy pelvic floor. (laughs) Indeed. Until next time. Thank you for listening to the Goose podcast. If you like what you heard, please leave a review to help others discover us. Visit our website at www.ddgpodcast.com to read the show notes, blogs, view videos, and interact with the cast. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at The DDG Podcast. If you have an Apple device, you can easily access the podcast by saying, Hey Siri, play the Doc Doc News Podcast.